Welcome into the Minnesota Tim podcast. Minnesota Tim Baraska here with you to react to the Minnesota Vikings loss against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Uh, they lost with the ability to clinch the division against the second place Detroit Lions, who've been on a roll recently um, and happened to lose 34 to 23 in a game where Kirk Cousins threw for over 400 yards. Justin Jefferson broke the single game receiving record, uh, which was previously set by Sammy White back in like the 1970s with 213 receiving yards, which um, doesn't include the uh, the call where the official said he stepped out of bounds, which he didn't, uh, which would have given him like, I don't know, 30 to 40 more yards. So he was unbelievable. Kirk Cousins was phenomenal. Uh, and the Minnesota Vikings defense uh, didn't show up. Um, there's been so much heat geared towards Ed Donatell and the Minnesota Vikings defense. And Kevin O'Connell even made comments after the game about the Vikings defense and how um, they need to make changes and tweaks and do different things so that things don't come so easily for the opposing offenses. Um, one, I want to make sure that we give credit where credit is due because the Vikings defense has stepped up in big moments this season against the Buffalo Bills, against the Washington Commanders, against the New York Jets, the Vikings defense made game-saving plays. They intercepted Josh Allen. They jumped on the ball in the end zone, which is the only reason on a fluke play the Vikings won that game. Uh, They intercepted Mike White in the end zone as they were driving down the field with no timeouts left. They intercepted Taylor Heineke, multiple times to keep the Minnesota Vikings offense alive as they struggled through the second and third quarters. Now the defense hasn't been perfect and they've struggled mightily during the last little bit. During the last five games, the Minnesota Vikings defense ranks 32nd in points per game. In the last five games, the Minnesota Vikings ranks 32nd in yards allowed per game and they rank 31st in 20-plus yard pass plays. So what is happening recently has been terrible. And the fact that the Vikings couldn't slow down the Detroit Lions was pitiful. And it's clear what the defensive strategy is for Ed Donatel and the Minnesota Vikings defense. The strategy is to allow the pass rush of Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson and Patrick Jones, the third or fourth or fifth or whatever he is, to get at the quarterback. And what's happening is that they aren't getting to the quarterback when they're facing offensive lines that are good. And when they face offensive lines that are bad, like the Packers in week one, the Minnesota Vikings defense shines. And when they can't get to the quarterback, The defense looks terrible like they did against the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff isn't a scrambler. I mean, he had a couple decent runs, and there was a a penalty on third and 13 where they got an automatic first down because there's a late hit, which was a questionable call by Shannon Sullivan. So you need to get Jared Goff off his spot. This guy isn't going to scramble. Make a dazzling play Avoid a defensive end like Josh Allen or Justin Fields or even Aaron Rodgers 
and throw the ball down the field. You have to get Jared Goff off a spot. And if he sticks in that spot, he is going to tear apart your defense. And that's exactly what happened. And another thing that I noticed during the Vikings' loss to the Lions, offensively and defensively and special teams, it seemed like when the Vikings needed to make a play, they just could not make that play to get them over the hump. When it was 21-7, to Kirk Cousins found Adam Thielen to make it 21-14. The Vikings are in the game. okay. But then throughout that game, you've got the uh, fumble by Dalvin Cook when he was looking to find the tight end in the end zone. I don't mind that play call, but I think it was a little too cute, especially knowing that Kirk Cousins was tearing apart the Detroit Lions. Why not just put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands and allow him to get a touchdown? Um, But I do want to defend just how difficult it is to call plays in the NFL. Because when we're sitting on the couch watching the game, of course, we're not doing any of the preparation work for the week or whatever you want to say about that. But when you're sitting on the couch watching the game, you have 30 seconds to come up with a play, you know, maybe they should run it or pass interference. You know, I think they should potentially pass or potentially run here as an offensive coordinator. Who's also the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. There is no time to say, well, I think the Vikings should do this. I think we should run this play. I think, well, maybe we should do this one. There is no time for that. You have 40 seconds to get off a play after a play is over. So there's no time for, I think, you have no time to look through your playbook and say, well, you know, give me 10 seconds and I'll come up with something. No, you need to have a play immediately ready to go for substitutions, for Kirk Cousins to call the play in the huddle, uh, for any potential audibles that need to take place at the line of scrimmage. Being an offensive coordinator is one of the toughest jobs outside of being a player in the NFL, I'd rather be a defensive coordinator, okay? Because at least you know what personnel is going to be on the field and you can swap personnel. But as an offensive coordinator, you need to have that play ready to go. And if you don't, it's going to be a delay of game. So, you know, it's so easy to be Monday morning quarterback after play and say, oh, you know, they should have did something else. They should have did something else. But the play was there. Delvin Cook just dropped the ball and he fumbled it when he got tackled. It was a mistake more so on Delvin Cook's part than it was a mistake on Kevin O'Connell's part because Delvin Cook gets tackled. It's a loss of one or two. Well, that still gives Kirk Cousins two or three more plays to get his ass in the end zone. So I think it's more so on Delvin Cook than than the actual play call. Um. So I just wanted to defend that. But back to the point where where I was talking about how it just seemed like things weren't going the Vikings way. I I talked a little bit about the late hit on Jared Goff when he was scrambling third and 13. Would have been a punt, gave gave them an automatic first down. Uh, The special teams play, the fake punt. It seemed like one of the cornerbacks could have made a play. I think maybe maybe it was Shelly. It seemed like Shelly could have made a play if he wanted to make a play, but he seemed like he hesitated. And then they, you know, ran for however many yards that it was. That's a game-changing play. And then the Vikings score a touchdown. Uh, 
Kirk Cousins finds Adam Thielen, makes it a one-score game. Could have, should have been Justin Jefferson's touchdown, but the official said he stepped out of bounds. But that's just an example of a play that could have gone either direction. And when you slow down the instant replay and you go frame by frame, Yes, the ref should have let it play out because you can always overrule it if he did step out of bounds and bring the ball back to where it was. But you go frame by frame. And obviously the officials don't have that uh, luxury, right? He was pretty close to stepping out of bounds. And from the official's angle, it probably looked like he stepped out of bounds. The officials do not have it out against the Minnesota Vikings. If I hear that one more time, I might flip a tit. Oh, this freaking ridiculous. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings have gotten plenty of calls this season. This was just a game where when the Vikings needed to get over that hump of trailing, they just couldn't make that play, whether it was special teams, whether it was offensively and especially defensively, because Jared Goff tore the Minnesota Vikings apart for the second straight time this season. He did it earlier at U.S. Bank Stadium, too. Uh, Jared Goff is a good quarterback, and he's got plenty of weapons. And the Detroit Lions are no joke. I mean, they're 6-7. and seven. They were 1-6 and six at one point this season, but they've been on fire recently, and they could make a run at a playoff spot. I do have something I do want to say. After this game, it has become quite obvious to me that the Minnesota Vikings are not a Super Bowl contender. The Vikings are just missing pieces defensively, and it's almost impossible for a head coach in his first season to take a team that was under 500 to take them to the Super Bowl in his first season. And there have been so many things that have gone the Minnesota Vikings way that has made this season miraculous, which it has been already. They're 10 and three, and it has been a very much a successful season so far. But to think about the Eagles and where they're at, to think about the Cowboys and where they're at, the Vikings are not better than either of those two teams. And I'm not even thinking or looking at how the Eagles and Cowboys destroyed the Vikings and their matchups earlier this season. But the Vikings will clinch the NFC North. They will beat the Colts or the Giants, probably both. They have the Packers. They have the Bears. I'm not worried about the Vikings clinching the NFC North. But the Vikings defense isn't good enough. And the Minnesota Vikings offense isn't good enough to overcome the atrocities of the Minnesota Vikings defense. Up high, down hard. As much as I would love to say this Vikings team is a Super Bowl contender, they are not. There's too many holes. The offensive line is streaky. The defense is super streaky, and right now they're playing terrible. And Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson cannot carry this team to a Super Bowl. One more note on the Vikings' loss against the Lions. Before the game, Jalen Rager guaranteed a Vikings win at Detroit. Chris Tomison asked him about possibly clinching the division, and he said, we are going to win. I asked him if that's a guarantee. Yes, 
Jalen Rager added. I'm not going to say nothing about if we might win. I'm expecting us to win. I have no doubts. Now, in fairness to Jalen Rager, what's he going to say? We're going to lose? Of course he's not going to say that to an NFL reporter. If you ask an NFL player, even the Houston Texans, who are the worst team in football, if you ask them about the possibility of winning their next game, they're not going to come out and say, yeah, we're going to lose. So you're telling me there's a chance. They're not going to come out and say, yeah, we're going to get pummeled by the Dallas Cowboys. They're not going to come out and say, yeah, you know, didn't do much prep work this week. I know it's a big game. We could win two games this season, but uh, it's not going to happen this week. I'm not feeling it. I watched the quarterback play in practice this week, and they're going to lose. That's not what Jalen Rager is going to say, and it's ridiculous to think that he's going to say something else. However, at the same time, for a player of Jalen Rager's status, to guarantee a victory, he's got less than, what, five catches this season. My question is this. Can a player taking two snaps a game offensively really guarantee a victory? It would be like me guaranteeing a win back in high school basketball when I rode the bench as a bench warmer. Jalen Rager was targeted one time against the Detroit Lions, and it was in the final Hail Mary play at the end of the game. There were no serious throws to Jalen Rager in that game. And he's over here guaranteeing victories against the, against the Detroit Lions. If you want to guarantee a punt return because you have opportunities at punt returns, sure, maybe go ahead. Maybe there, there's a little bit more logic there. But to guarantee a win, when you're barely seeing the field, it'd be one thing if Justin Jefferson or Kirk Cousins or Dalvin Cook guaranteed a win because they actually impact the score. Jalen Rager doesn't really impact the score. He is saying those things on behalf of Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson. They call that bulletin board material. Anywho, I just thought that was funny because now the Minnesota Vikings lost. But uh, Jake's Takes will be back on Wednesday morning. I'm excited to talk with him about the Vikings' loss. They're 10-3. and It's been an incredible season, but don't fool yourselves. The Vikings are not Super Bowl contenders. They are playoff team material. They will win the NFC North. Kirk Cousins is a phenomenal quarterback because someone has to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson to give him an opportunity at a 2,000-yard season, the first in NFL history. But the complementary pieces around Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson are not good enough for this team to be a serious Super Bowl contender. You got the Eagles, you got the Chiefs, you got the Cowboys maybe, the Bills, but quit fooling yourselves. These Vikings are not Super Bowl contenders. And he drops the sledgehammer. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Minnesota Tim podcast. Have a great week. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.